This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Nelson, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Utopia. Let's get to it. You want to do some mailbag, John? Let's do it. People want answers on things. All right, let's do this. Um, Charles Honeycutt. By the way, you can email mailbag at gmail.com. Uh, he said, who is the most surprising player the Texans have chosen to keep? I'm still shocked by them keeping four running backs and keeping Brevin Jordan. Who, who was the biggest surprise keep for you, John, last week? Uh, probably Daria Boombawale because he'd been hurt, missed the last two preseason games. He's a special teams player. He's the fourth running back. You can get them anywhere, but they must think he is – one hell of a special teams player. Yes, yeah, that was a surprise. I was surprised they kept four running backs. I'm surprised Brevin Jordan's still on the team. I'm surprised Brevin Jordan survived waivers. You know, I was surprised he was on there Tuesday afternoon. I'm certainly surprised he was on there this weekend. I'm surprised he was at practice today. You know, like I, Brevin Jordan. I'm surprised Brevin Jordan's on the team. I, I'm I'm with Charles on that one. Uh, okay, Joe Q, frequent emailer says, looks like Belichick is going to roll with one quarterback on the 53-man roster and elevate either Bailey Zappi or Malik Cunningham or both from the practice squad for a while. What do you think about this approach that Bill Belichick, and I guess by proxy, Bill O'Brien, I'm sure has some input on this. What do you think about what the two Bills are doing in New England, rolling with one quarterback on the 53, John? They claim Matt Corral, and I think he'll be the backup because he's got experience. Zappi who flashed last year when Mac Jones was hurt and had a really bad preseason. Now, a lot went into that off the, in, on the practice field during OTAs, mini camps. O'Brien saw him from start to finish. So they took a heck of a chance that, uh, that uh, nobody was going to claim him and uh, keep him on their roster. It'd be uh, funny if somebody did, but the, the fact that Matt Corral was third-round pick last year and for them to claim him, I'm guessing if he picks up the system well enough where he could play if Jones was hurt, he would be the backup. Wasn't Zappy like a fourth-round pick last year? I mean, they're they're practically the same guy as far as pedigree goes, you know? It seems, it seems to be, but Zappy, remember, was at HBU before he went yeah. to uh, like Eastern Kentucky or yeah, Western. Western, Western through 60 yeah. touchdown passes. Kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Neil in Liverpool. John, we're big in England. I don't know what it is. You and I... We're uh, almost as big as the Beatles. It's, you know what? If we get some hair and two more guys and a set of drums, we're, we're on our way. Um, Neil is in Liverpool, England. Says, love the pod. I'm a Texans and Astros fan over here in Liverpool. Question for John. In the 2014 draft, if the Vikings hadn't traded up and taken Teddy Bridgewater with the last pick of the first round, would the Texans have taken him instead of Xavier Suofilo 
at the top of the second round. And if they had, would he still be the Texans QB today? I feel like this was a sliding doors moment in Texans history. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. It's a great question, but I've never heard anybody tell me that about Bridgewater, who suffered almost a life-threatening injury and now bounced has bounced around. So I would say uh, he would have had a chance, but the odds are he would have gotten hurt because that's what's happened to him. As far as Xavier Tuafilo, great guy. They brought him in, tried to play him at center, guard, and tackle. They should have just put him at guard and left him there. And O'Brien admitted that the second year. Ultimately, turned out to be one of the worst picks in team history. It's interesting. Like if the, the Teddy Bridgewater, the the uh, the Teddy Bridgewater thing at the end of the first round with the te- that was a weird draft for the Texans because that was the one where it felt like they they it felt like Jimmy Garoppolo was a guy that might the Texans might like and take and but the you know the Patriots ended up scooping O'Brien on that one um that was a that's weird and that's the second straight week we've gotten a question about the 2014 draft somebody asked us about Clowney who they would have taken if Clowney didn't exist last Khalil week. Mack. that's what you said Khalil Mack all right uh let's uh let's hit one here um this one is this is one that I'm adding myself so Sean in Upper Kirby asks John because I'm legitimately curious your thoughts on this um what is going on with John Mechie right now, and what should expectations be for John Mechie this season? John Mechie, who I believe is not practicing again for the Texans. I'm sure he'll be inactive on game day. And, yeah. and it's like they've said, it's been a long time since he's played football. He had a, he blew out his ACL. He had to recover from that. And then he had to take, take on uh, leukemia. So it's been a while. I think he's going to be inactive a lot. Maybe – when if they get some injuries or over the second half of the season, uh, they'll activate him. But right now he's just way behind, and that can't be surprising. No, no, it's unfortunate though. I mean, that's your you know the second round pick from from last year, uh, and, and I know where he was picked is you know, I know pales in comparison to everything he went through personally and medically and everything else. Like I sound like a I sound like a like a, a a like a guy player. who would predict uh, Dion gets beat by forty. That's <laughs> Thanks, what John. You, I what appreciate you sound that. like. Th- thank you very much. That's exactly what I sound like. Yes. All right, uh, Matthew Kosecki, again, frequent emailer to the show, says, um, "Which dished out or dis- uh, which dished out dispatched ex-Texan?" Oh, I like questions like this, John. Which dished out or dispatched ex-Texan would you most like to see on D'Amico's Texans in twenty twenty three? If you could have your wish, Brandon Cooks, DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Reader, or Dealer's Choice can't be Watson, even though I know you guys wouldn't pick him. So we can't take D- Deshaun Watson back, nor would I. I'm a CJ Stroud guy now. But John, if you could take one former Texan that's sitting out there that's been discarded or traded or let go in the last couple of years and welcome them back, you know, with a hall pass, with a, you know, with a, uh, you know, an immunity card, we forgive and forget everything. Who would it be? DJ Reader, because they've been awful at stopping the run. They kept Whitney Merciless over him. He's gone to Cincinnati. He's played great. Now he's technically a 3-4 nose tackle, but he's played well enough. He could play tackle. They, they complained that he wasn't on the field enough because he's not a pass rusher. We know that's not been their problem. Their problem has been stopping the run. And DJ, DJ, a great guy too. Great in the locker room. Fit the culture. They just made a terrible mistake. I know that's surprising under the O'Brien Easterby regime, but I'd like to see DJ Reader back on that defensive line playing next to Malik Collins. Yeah, that's that to me is an easy, easy choice. Is DJ Reader? He's 
He's the best player of all those guys we just named. He's better. He's better than any player, any former Texan I can think of out there right now. And that's a position to need for this team. This team needs big bodies on the defensive line. So I'm with you. Uh, that's boy, them letting him walk and giving Whitney Merciless all that money. Just, and I like Whitney. Whitney's a great guy, but man, that was a sliding doors moment as uh, who Neil and Liverpool would say. Yeah. Now Neil and Liverpool, if indeed those players were healthy and at the peak of their performances, like they were here, the easy choice to me would be Hopkins because they need a go-to receiver, but he's not in that position anymore where reader is still going strong. Yeah. Um, Joe has one more, John, and this will be our last one. How do we look at Desmond King being cut by the Texans and picked up by the Steelers? Steelers are a top five organization uh, over 2022 and 2023, during which time the Texans have been anywhere between dumpster fire, or I'm sorry, between 2002 and 2020. Let me back up. The Steelers are basically a top five organization during the time the Texans have existed. Um, the Texans have been wildly inconsistent as to what exactly they are. Which of these is the most plausible reason why Desmond King is no longer a Houston Texan? He's got three. Texans have more top-to-bottom secondary depth than the Steelers. Texans whiffed badly on this decision. Texans let a more game-ready but older player go in favor of keeping a younger player. Well, he keeps Shaquille Griffin. You know, and I, I'm no – they like Shaquille Griffin better than Desmond King. King can play outside. He can play inside. He can return punts. But for some reason, they decided, okay, Tavier Thomas is going to be a slot corner. He did a great job in the slot last year. King can get a good job in the slot. But they kept Kadar Holman, and they kept uh, Shaquille Griffin over him. I don't know why, other than they think those players are better for the system that they're running under D'Amico Ryans and Matt Burke. Do you think? Do you agree with any of those choices, John? Do you think the Texans – The first one. That they have more top-to-bottom secondary depth than the Steelers? That's, that's what they think, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with the Steelers. Once you cut a guy, they don't care where they end up. They're right. going to play against him. And they better hope when he plays against them, he doesn't have the kind of game Kareem Jackson did when he played against them uh, in Denver. Yeah, no, you mean when he was player of the week when he came yeah. back and he was so good that Bill O'Brien shouted down a fan at halftime of that game? That He's game? still playing too. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Kareem's first year where he wasn't very good and he's still playing, still going strong as a safety. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still playing, I won't say at a high level, but he's he don't look out of place out there. Uh, the games I watch that he's involved in at all. Um, okay, so that is the uh, that is the mailbag. By the way, I asked Nick Casario today, John, when he was on with Seth and I about uh, Desmond King and about them cutting and just basically saying, hey, it seemed, seemed like it caught a lot of people by surprise. And Nick gave a Nick answer, you know, best thing for the team. And sometimes there's, you know, he he didn't say there were extenuating circumstances with Desmond King. But he gave a particularly long answer <laughs> where Shocking. he repeated himself a few times. Like it was one of those things like, okay, I just got to listen to how he's saying this stuff and not really what he's saying. And I I sensed a 14% chance there was something going on with Desmond King, aside from just football quality. That's my spidey sense. I speak fluent Casario, John. So, <laughs> You've had enough practice. I have. I have. Yeah. If you want to listen to that interview, it's uh, up on sportsradio610.com. It's up on the Pain and Pendergast podcast. And of course, you can listen to Pain and Pendergast 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, Monday through Friday. And we recommend you listen tomorrow, particularly at 8 a.m., because that is when we are joined by that 
guy right there. If you're watching on YouTube, John McClain, he joins us at eight o'clock on every Wednesday. Um, so that's our mailbag, John. Uh, what do you got going on this week on your various platforms? I have an Astros column that's posted on SportsRadio610.com. This afternoon, I will have one in which I go over the Texans' schedule, pick the games and the records, and I pick my playoff teams and Super Bowl winners. And then on Wednesday, I'll have C.J. Stroud in his first game. Thursday, D'Amico Ryans in his first game. And Friday, five things to watch against the Ravens. You don't have to say who you're picking to win the Super Bowl, John, but are you doing that thing you do every year where you're picking a team that nobody else is picking so that you can yep. claim all the glory if they get yep. there? If you don't get it right, nobody notices. And I've had two like that. I picked Baltimore one year. They won it. Got a lot of good pub. I picked Philadelphia to lose the Super Bowl that they lost. And every, when I made the pick all, and they got in, all the Philadelphia talk shows called me. And then, of course, they didn't call me a genius. They never called anybody a genius. But I got a lot of pub out of it. Now, it's not the kind of pub you get from calling out De DeAndre Hopkins or Deion Sanders. But yeah. for me, it was still good. Yeah, yeah, for you. Yeah, step up your game, man. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Well, I'm anxious to read these predictions, John. Um, anything in your Astros column about Dusty and all the awesome decisions that he makes? Well, I wrote it after the Yankees series, before oh. they played. So it was posed. it was posted yesterday. And it is ugly, I have to tell you. It's ugly. and uh, But they bounce back now. Do you know the Rangers, besides being 6-14 and 14 in their last 20, and since August 11th, their bullpen ERA is 6.78. I love that. People in the Metroplex go crazy when they have to bring somebody out of the pen, which is every night. They have been terrible. And on Wednesday, you had two Hall of Famers, Max Scherzer, yeah, that'll be fun. going against Justin Verlander. And yeah. I heard speculation on MLB radio that uh, Scherzer might not be able to go because of a tired arm. And they say, could he be dodging Justin Verlander? Yes. That's not the kind of competitor that Max Scherzer is. I don't know, man. You know, maybe he's showing his true colors finally 20 years into his career. <laughs> Can't yeah. wait to see it. Yeah, I hope it happens. I didn't. I had not heard that report that it might not come off, but uh, – uh, yeah, let's, let's hope it happens. And John, I, just so you know, on Payne and Pendergast this morning, it was very early in the show. So I don't know if you were up yet, or even if you were, if you were listening, but I, when Seth and I were talking about the Astros, I quasi apologize to you. So I'll apologize to you here now directly to you on this podcast. Uh, when we talked on Payne and Pendergast last Wednesday was the day after Brantley was back in the lineup for the first time. And you were lamenting the fact that Chaz was not in the lineup. And you said that you you were you were basically nervous that this meant that Chaz, who's one of the hottest hitters in baseball, was going to have some of his playing time taken away. And I, I, I kind of did what I do to Amy sometimes and other family members where I mansplained and, and, and you know, kind of down talk <laughs> condescendingly to you. And I said, John, he's played 13 straight games. It's just a day off. Let's let it breathe. OK, let's let it breathe. It is now breathed, and the breath stinks, John. You were absolutely right. Chaz was uh, benched on Friday, pinch hit for by John Singleton on Saturday, and a DNP manager's decision again on Sunday. Um, I will sound the alarms for the Chaz McCormick experience right now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I went to the Saturday night game. Brantley had two hits and a home run and been back in the lineup since. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm anxious for this dusty thing to be over. I just hope it, you know, I, it's weird, John. I want it to be over and yet I want them to play into early November. It's, it's really affecting. This is not a joke. It's really materially affecting my ability to enjoy this team. right now. I, I want Yiner and catcher every night and Chaz and center field every night. Well, I, and Brantley swapping left field to DH. Yeah. We're just Yiner in the lineup somewhere. I put him at first base too. Like I, he can't catch oh, every night. Bray has been terrible. Yeah, no, Yiner, Yiner can't catch every night. Like that's, that, that's a physical, I don't say impossibility, but it's not smart physically. You'll wear him down if he's catching every night. But there, there's, it's inexcusable to not have his bat in the lineup every night. You've got two Absolutely. places you can put him. Three if you count DH. But now that Brantley's back, plus Jordan running into the wall with his knees all buckled like Wendell Davis at the vet back in the day. Like, it was – that's yeah. what it looked like, John. People don't know what that is. I blew out two knees at the vet. That's what it looked like, didn't it? Yeah. Jordan? The fact that he could walk away was uh, – Think about everybody holding their breath when they saw that. Oh, my God. It was brutal. It was brutal. All right. Um, So, John, you got a lot going on on the website. We got this podcast going on on Thursday. So, Thursday, we will have a a, a hardcore preview of the Ravens and the Texans. Final preview. We'll give our predictions. Do some for real or fugazis. And we'll mix in. What do we mix in, John? Four or five NFL picks from around the league? Let's do it. Let's do our top five every week, including AFC South. Okay, sounds good. We'll do that. We'll, we'll pick some games against the spread, right, John? Absolutely. Okay, Only yeah. wimps don't pick. Just making sure. I'm just making sure you're not a wimp. That's all. Okay. <laughs> all right, good.